of Ash and Flow. This is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around and listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. So, Flo, another Friday, another episode. What do you have um, for our people today? Another episode of the Underbars podcast. I'm excited. Yeah. Aren't you excited? It's actually it's a bit too <laughs> yeah. warm to be to be super fantastically excited. Yeah, you and I talked about this. So we we wanted to continue our our mini series around you know data and research and insights and. Um, because I think you and I, we often talk about the importance of, as, as marketers, we should be able to bring client insights into pretty much everything we do, right? You might or might not have said it very often, but what we usually mean is bring insights from the source, right? So really develop your own insight into an understanding of your firm's clients and what they think. Mm -hmm. And we did do an episode on how to do client interviews and how to conduct those conversations. Yes, and we've also had episodes where we talked to talk to you know research leads and thought leadership people to yeah. talk about the entire inside process and everything. But as you and I both know, that's an expensive process. Yeah, so not everybody can do what Arvind Arohi does and drive seven figure research programs to get to that sweet yeah. insight, right? So, so yeah, we thought, uh, dear listeners, for this one, we would just uh, we just do a listicle episode, right? That's mm -hmm. not beneath us, Ash. We can do listicles. Yeah, we can do listicles. And we just thought we'd give you 11 ideas, right? You can count them off as you go through them for mm -hmm. where you might find insightful conversations or where you might be able to elicit those. Yes. And I guess when you're looking at insights, right? Like it needs to inform things. That, that's the whole thing. Like how do you get these insights to inform your marketing strategy, messaging, content, you know, like yeah. programs, things like that. But, you know, you and I, when we were discussing, also came up with the thought that can these insights be good enough to advise on the overall business strategy? Yeah. Can you find something that's so compelling that you can actually go back to the practice and say, you know what, you should have a service here or there, or you should be, you should maybe change to the go-to-market approach altogether, these types of things. That's okay. right. And and I think you and I both agree, you can have, you can find excellent insights. If you talk to people, by which I mean, have conversations, don't send surveys or buy market research papers, have conversations with the actual people. And the actual people obviously also should be you know, representatives of your ideal client and ideal buyer personas. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't don't just talk to Ash and myself if you're targeting CFOs for the marketing you do for a firm. Talk to actual CFOs, right? Exactly. <laughs> that would be the idea, at least. <laughs> so, and, and yeah, I guess our question for today is, how does one do that? And yeah, we list we listed 11 ideas. Maybe, Ash, we can invite the listeners to submit more if, if they have other... Yeah, yeah absolutely. Paths to get conversations with CFOs to stick with that example. So, Flo, no, I was literally going to ask you, what's the first idea? Okay. But no, I'll do, the, I'll do. I'll do the first one, which is a lame one because it sort of goes slightly against what we just said, having conversations. But I think it can be helpful preparation for the conversation. So let, let's call it a proxy 
step mm -hmm. and the proxy step of course is you know immerse yourself in the trade press that's catering to the vertical you're trying to get into attend events right which that by the way is big because there you can meet people and you can have conversations which those can be very informal but again sticking with my cfo example let's see if i can carry that through if if you just wanted to know whether or not the change in the interest rates in Europe is actually a pain for CFOs or not that much, that would be one question. You could ask the guy who's in front of you in the line of the coffee machine, right? That's why, they, mm -hmm. that's why events can be powerful because you can get like really, really quick. Yeah, that, that is the right people. <clears throat> and that is exactly another point that we had, Flo, about engaging with the prospects and asking, you know, thoughtful questions. Yeah. So that we can, but as you rightly put it there, you need to be methodical. You need to have an approach. You need to have this conversation to try and gather some insight, not yeah. just sit there and have a water cooler conversation. That's not what it comes Yeah, I mean, the, 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 or you're exactly right. So we could have a water cooler conversation, but we should make sure that there's several of those. We mm -hmm. always ask the same or at least very similar question. And we, we do have some way of figuring out who our partner in conversation was in terms of what company they're from, what's their role, right? So you need to explore some of that stuff. So you can, and then to your point of being methodical, you should also have a process for capturing this. Maybe it's a notebook, maybe it's back of a napkin, but at the end of the day, you might be, for example, want to compile it into a spreadsheet and really build up a collection of stories or insights or whatever the, the thing is. Maybe that's mm -hmm. a separate episode because I've, I've done some of these, so I have a little bit of a process. I'm not, not going to say it's extensive, but there are ways you could do those. And I think... It's a good way. So let's expand the proxy thing. So it's a good way to read the trade press to prepare yourself content-wise because you'll be mm -hmm. able to read what are some hard topics, what stuff that's being discussed. And then also prepare some sort of method. Can I, I mean, we've, we've discussed the mum test, right? I have a second book I like, which is the Jobs to be Done playbook. I can put that yep. in the show notes. That also has an entire chapter dedicated to preparing and structuring conversations and interviews. It, that that's where I'll leave it. So trade press, and, trade press, trade events, good source of firsthand insights. But if what you, you said you there, that order. <clears throat> yeah, but what you said there actually leads on to the next proxy point about scouring re review sites like Gartner yeah. Peer Insights, G2 Crowd, maybe book reviews. But Flo, you, you clearly have done this as well. Yeah, that's a cheap trick I pull in order to surprise these and others in presentations at the beginning of projects. Um, I'm surprised that not many people know this, actually. Or maybe yeah. I should say, not too many of the marketeers and, and consulting people I engage with know this. There are People sometimes know services like Captera or G2 where you can pr compare software providers. And you get in-depth discussions of their solution by people who actually bought it. Now, the same thing, maybe not too surprisingly, exists for, let's say, consulting services above a certain threshold. So, yeah, there's not going to be a, a review site that lists your 60-person shop, maybe. But you will find the big ones in the industry, right? I don't know, Capgemini, Deloitte, Accenture the Indian providers, sometimes maybe even some of the strategy firms, you, you will find reviews for those uh, on these sites. And they might be very interesting pointers to, for example, 
things that clients liked about hiring those firms and their methods mm -hmm. and things they didn't like as much, which which I think that's typically interesting, right? To, to spot some weaknesses. And yeah, if people want to know a few names, there is like Trustpilot is one people might even know here where I live in Germany. And that's sometimes a smaller player. It's not as extensive. But my go-to typically is Gartner Peer Insights. So that's Gartner, yep. the, the industry analyst. They have a web service where, you know, people who board services can leave reviews. Or G2 Crowd, you pointed me to that one, Ash. Mm -hmm. Didn't know G2 also has service comparisons, but they do. And as we checked it, or as I checked it prior to recording this, the surprising thing here is they even have reviews to specific services. Like if you want to know what the, I'm making up names now, but what the differences between Accenture's, I don't know, industry analytics service capability and Capgeminis, well, you can you can pick those. They literally have service level reviews on those pages. So yeah, that's another and, interesting one. And the good thing that you get in, from these insights is you'll be able to like do a much more thorough persona about the kind of users, what they're looking for and things like that, because that's something that you clearly will use in your marketing strategy. So use these insights to feed into more insights and and I think while we're talking about like places where we can compare reviews, we should not forget that another proxy method, which you rightly mentioned, is like social media and communities, because people talk about services, people talk about what they've bought in yeah. these areas. <clears throat> so you have subreddits. I think you always love talking about subreddits there, so I will let you go on about that. But I do know I, about a lot I do. Of I mean, it's literally, yeah. literally, if you go into spaces that are dedicated to a certain job role, and there is there are subreddits for accountants, there's finance stuff. There is the consulting subreddit, which can be hilarious, but it's not always too serious. But sometimes if people have a question, they will literally just put it there. And other people will come and give very reasonable, sometimes extensive answers. And you can learn from both. Like you can collect these signals to find out what are the questions people are asking right now, and what uh, what are the good answers. And and to give a very tangible example, there is there's a subreddit which I'm following for marketing operations. And if you ever wondered what kinds of pains are being created by the deprecation of cookies, right, which is on the horizon, mm -hmm. you might have heard of it. But what are the actual implications for the people who actually run the advertising systems right down in the trenches in the corporations? Mm -hmm. What are what are they struggling with now? Man, you'll you've you'll probably be able to find 60-80% of the answers in that sub because these pain points are being discussed there. So Very I think that's that's yeah. that's a good one to to figure out stuff. It's probably the same idea as the as the trade press, right? It's mm -hmm. just more dynamic, more into the weeds, and also more open and honest, frankly, in many cases, because nobody needs to be needs to come across as having all their shit together. But they will literally write, I can't figure out this, I need help sorting that, and then there'll be a discussion. Yeah, yeah. so now if we move on to the fifth point, because hey, we got full past four. Yeah. It's a we need to get the inputs from the clients. We have to get the business to forward us those things. If like the inquiries, escalation, complaints, and when they've had things like, you know, meetings where they've probably lost a deal or something, but flow. Can't just no, I mean, that, that already summarizes it. If, if they have lunch with somebody and figure out a few things or get an idea for where they might drum up some work where the client is currently struggling, where there's an upsell and so forth. 
it would be good if they forwarded that to marketing or if it if they fed it into some sort of process of yours and you could solve for that or you could create that situation by just building the relationships in-house right so having a good, few good friends who think of you as they have these conversations good start maybe you formalize it a little bit and you have an yeah. inbox some sort of inbox i'm not necessarily meaning a mail inbox could be a slack channel it could be something of that sort where people can just dump stuff for you to consider and yeah that can be very interesting especially if you compile these things over time and i mean maybe to that point if, if you work at a larger place where there's a yeah. where there's business developments or even sales teams i used to have those conversations with uh, I, I would go to lunch with someone who was leading a sales team for a, for an entire region and just pick their brain re with regards to what new things do we see prop up in rfps yes. across the board like let, i mean this is no longer the case but it was interesting to see how suddenly esg criteria in certain industries started to show up in rfps and then suddenly they were everywhere I mean, this is an obvious one, so it's not that spectacular, but it's interesting for the, because they literally have the finger on the pulse of the hard, hard requirements clients make, and and that could also be an interesting. Uh, and it's really important because ESG goals end up being a reason why you may or may not invest in a company, which then, as you can imagine, affects overall profit and yeah. you know. I mean, there's another there's another example here which I can maybe share because it's been a while. But I worked with a firm once where we realized that they got objections and in some cases even lost competitive bids because they were trying to win public sector work in certain states in Germany, and those states had very tough requirements around gender equality and the gendering language. You know, we have, there's different pronouns yeah. and different work forms and so forth, different job titles in, in Germany. And if you did not have him slash her or things of that sort in the language of your pitching materials, that would be an issue. Okay, cool. Once we learned that, right, mm -hmm. it took us three days to revamp the website and it was I'm not saying business double, you know, but that was one issue less to run up against in the pitching process. So again, small example, but that's that's what this, you know, forwarding of information can can yield. Yeah. Um all right. What was that? That would that that makes three, right? No, that was number four. Sorry, I'm losing count. That was six. <laughs> no. Was... We, had, we had the trade present events, review yes. sites, yep. social medias, ask the business for inputs. That's and we also talked about engaging with our prospects because we connected that with our trade process. yeah that was in the events but we oh, you're right okay so but we can back to it. but the next one actually is joint client meetings with the practice if you can right do we need to add any information to that it seems fairly no. straightforward it's, yeah we Just know it's not always feasible yeah we know it's yeah. not always feasible but there's not no harm in asking yes and um by the way my experience particularly good time is after a deal has been won and maybe there's a kickoff session maybe there's just a review of the bidding process. I don't know. These, these sometimes are opportunities. Same is true if a very successful project gets closed. A good pitch to the business leader who manages the account can be that because you are, right, I'm making air quotes, somewhat neutral here, you're not working on the project. You're also not with the client. 
that allow that sometimes gives you some leeway to ask interesting questions and to collect also feedback on the team or on the project mm -hmm. performance, which the business leader might want to have. So you're the best person inside the firm to ask that because you're you're not a consultant, you're just marketing, sort of quote unquote. Yep. And that that I have used that successfully in the past to sort of, you know, make the ask and, and rationalize why I should be there or at a additional benefit. Anyways. Mm -hmm. Okay, now we added some stuff to the point. But it's fairly straightforward joint client meetings. It is it is okay. fairly straightforward. But yes. back to your engaging with the prospects. We mentioned the trade shows, but if, uh, we mentioned the trade press events, third party events. But I think when we wrote down the point, we made something slightly different. We, we, we actually did talk about being methodical <clears throat> in the whole thing as well. So Yeah. But I but I think the what the one so let's just add one simple thing. As consulting firms do their own events or you might present at the trade show, do make sure that if you are there as a marketer to have those conversations as well. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm putting that out there because I know how hard it is. If you're involved in the organizing and you run around and you know, you're busy during the event, you have other things on top of your mind, just write it down somewhere or find another way to make sure you use some of that exposure you get throughout to have those conversations as well. And and it's sometimes as easy as just asking a client if they wanted a coffee to say, well, I'll get you one if you give me three minutes in return and talk to me about, you know, this okay. this new market you're trying to whatever. It's it's very easy. Similar to the trade trade press events or third party events, pretty easy to get a yes, especially if you're well prepared and you you don't ask 15 questions, but maybe just one, like you said, Ash, one thoughtful one to to bring back that insight. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, we're here, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, win-loss analysis or deals. Do you want to say something about that? I feel like it's fairly straightforward, but at the same time, when you've had a deal, first of all, speak with the sales team to see what happened. Like, why did you win? What was going on in the room yeah. when they discussed? Because sometimes you'll find out that they didn't have all the they didn't have all the material at hand or something just went missing, despite the fact that we could have just won just like anyone else in the room or even the winning team. Yeah, if we had won, that, right? We, you mentioned yeah. that. You, you remind me of yes. it. We, had, we had literally had that happen that the firm lost something because, oh, the other peer brought more thought leadership relevant to the topic. And we were like, oh, damn it. We would have yeah, it was, a shelf yeah, it, full of stuff. We just didn't, the, for some reason, the bidding team didn't bring it, right? And then there's a discrepancy right, exactly. yeah, between marketing. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the yeah. whole thing. When people send out these RFPs and have, mm -hmm. and when the, the sales teams are literally in the room having that discussion, they need to be fully prepared. And the, the loss analysis helps you understand what was missing yeah, what you didn't provide them with—that's one element there. In the on the win side, you can also look at like how effective and efficient it was, like what was needed to help them win and what wasn't needed. So that yeah. way, you can like make an optimal package instead of just having a million, as they call it, yeah. stage zero decks or planning yeah. decks and sales decks. Just provide them with the exact material and the option when they need to reach out for extra stuff because. It's, it's just going to take them like a couple of minutes to say, yes, we also have this. Here yeah. you go. Here's the marketer who runs that program for the business unit. Ask him or her. Yeah, good. that's a good point. I mean, it's, it's actually very similar to asking to join client meetings. It's just I think the difference in method is either your firm does not have a structured win-loss analysis process and or sales team. In that case, you might prop this up and say, hey, Every new deal we win, am I allowed to call the guys and ask why they picked us? Every deal we lose, can I ask call the guys and ask why we lost? 
I think the business will respond very positively to that because it's helpful information to them as well. Uh, no one else wants to do it. You pick it up. Nice, right? Win-win. Um, mm -hmm. Same is true if your firm has these processes. What I see typically is there's an engagement leader or some business development person who's in charge of the deal. And it's typically their job. And typically they have these calls. Uh, if they're busy, they will not say no to you coming and volunteering to do it on their behalf and share your results, right? So it's another easy way into the actual conversation with the actual client without any yeah. middle man or, or some technology between you and you can actually just have the conversation. All and right, so, last four. So yeah, I think it's kind of related to the previous one. Like you need to have a feedback session when you're running an engagement. Like don't yeah. just think so here's something that I have seen a lot sometimes <clears throat> and especially this is more prevalent in SaaS companies, also prevalent in you know services firms because often on the back of a service, you provide a product and the product will ask for a quantitative type survey, or you may send them a survey. And guess what? You're not going to get the right kind of responses because you're not really reaching out to any, you know, through any massive firm or massive outreach to give them this good survey. It's, it's nice, but it's not going to give the kind of information that you need. So what, what are, how else can you reach out? Um, yeah, so feedback, emails, things like that. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. F feedback session for running engagements. Yeah, phone calls or emails. Important again, the idea of you having the conversation. And again, the difference here is just this is not a win loss analysis. This is not just some random client meeting, but you do a formal review of the client relationship. And I think many firms do those. They they built up client satisfactory scores or something like that, right? Maybe mm -hmm. not every year, but for longer running engagements, they'll do it every two years or something like that. Again, volunteer to do those, and voila, you'll find yourself in the next in a situation where you can, you know, learn quite a bunch yeah. about the client if you insert one or two thoughtful questions to the actual satisfactory survey. You know, not, not just the CSEC questions. You can maybe ask someone else, and you'll be uh, golden as they say. Moving on uh, to our third last idea on the list of eleven. Uh, drive your own exploratory interviews. LinkedIn cold outreach is your friend. I literally can say that with confidence and from experience. I've done that for our own firm as we built out our messaging and service portfolio. I would just find ICP representatives using the LinkedIn sales navigator. I would write them a friendly in-mail message, not some spam shit, asking them, uh, being very open, like saying, I'm build we're building this. We're trying to validate a couple of hypotheses that go into the service. Would you be willing to, um, and then we had some variation, either we asked for a 15 minute phone call, which enough people actually agreed to, or we would send again, one or two thoughtful, very short questions. And I know it's probably not market research best practice, but we made them closed ones, right? So you yeah. can either say yes or no, doesn't give you the full breadth of information. It's definitely not as good as a conversation. But it can give you data points to validate hypothesis, and and it's a, it's a it's the next best action, so to speak, in that cadence. So I've also successfully tested cold outreaches where I did both. I said, would you be willing to either hop on a call, or if you mm -hmm. don't have time for that, at least answer me this question. You know, question yes, no, and the response rate for that version was higher than for any of the standalone options. And if you want to see my numbers, no problem with those. I initially hit response rates of 
Well, it's it's two stages, so it's a bit difficult. Between thirty and forty percent acceptance rate for the connection request, right? We're talking LinkedIn, mm -hmm. and then out of those thirty of a hundred people, again twenty five to I think maybe top that's something like thirty six percent, which I thought was phenomenal. That is high. Actually, did agree to give some type of information back. I do not know the number of calls on top of my head. I would guess that was less than half. So it's definitely not too many people, but you should be able to get enough out of those. And I learned, by the way, through that process that for for idea validation, you don't need a dozen interviews. I think product developers know this, that more product designers, that for exploratory interviews, you'll be able to recognize the first patterns after six interviews. And I forgot, I have to dig up the reasoning for that. There's some statistics behind that. So you might need not even 10 to get to what you're driving towards. So yeah, and I was yeah. I, I can recommend the, the direct outreach as well. So I, I'd like to add, Flo, that consulting marketers take note. This is what we also mean by some of the proxy stuff, because Flo literally here gave you qualitative insight on what you know on how you can do this this is this is another example of how you can source information when you look at different channels yeah that is true uh because you're right i mean the majority of that effort then did not result in conversations so uh, yeah we should say it's probably a proxy but it, it works mm -hmm. and by the way it builds your linkedin connection network which can be interesting for marketing down the road but yes that, leaving that aside second to last one do you want to take that one which yeah well i did talk about the research survey part if you're doing one drive it yourself because you need to look at think about like a how you're doing the research you probably need to look at your existing clients you need to look at your prospective clients maybe do a 50 50 split or however you think you can build a split right but you need to put some effort behind this research survey. It's not like, yes, you don't have a million dollars to spend on a massive thing, <laughs> but you have time. So use that time and you do it effectively and use what Flo was talking about in terms of cold outreach. Plus take the time that you've been doing to do, what do you say, the feedback session and also or you say engagement in other places to yeah. drive the survey. The survey is not going to be, I have a questionnaire I want you to fill. You might need to get it while running these different kinds of engagements and you know, outreach. And that's how you can build a qual you know, a very qualitative research survey, which is A, dependent on your time, B, dependent on your effort, and therefore it'll be low cost but high value. Yeah. So and that brings us to the last to the last yeah. one, point yeah. eleven. I think you might even consider this a version of the survey, or maybe not. It's it's a it's a paid for version of the of the interviews. But you could leverage expert networks and something I think is very well known actually in the consulting world on the practice side. I don't see it mm -hmm. mentioned that often on the marketing team side, but. There are expert networks like GLG. There's one called Alpha Sides. This third bridge, maybe a bunch of others. Essentially, these are websites where you go on, you post a description of the pe people you want to interview and the kinds of information you're looking for, and then you pay for each interview with an expert they broker to you. And the rates there might vary wildly depending on, you know, are you trying to interview just any type of cloud software engineer or do you need to speak to the CIO, right? 
Oops, you know, yes. I left the CFO example. Darn it. Um, but I think so. Prices for interviews. I have not not the highest visibility into that space, but I've seen it range from anywhere between 200, 250 to 800, 600. Sometimes I think Ari mentioned that 1,600, 2,000 euros per very senior decision maker, but it can be worth it. If you have some budget spending, I don't know, 12 grand and you get to talk to your, the six interviews you just mentioned, I just, you just mentioned are actually with fortune 500. I don't know. VPs of sales yep. or whatever. It can be very helpful. And maybe, you know, you can get the practice to co-sponsor it because they typically want to hear this stuff as well. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's that. And that, that concludes the list of our 11. And I think we're, we're closely at time anyway. So I saved a 12th one, which we didn't even promise because it's a surprise bonus idea for, for the end. I don't know if you can guess it. People could, of course, literally do the same stuff we do here which is just run a podcast for the firm and interview your ideal Fine. clients. Why not? Right. Yeah. You could make, you could create the podcast for your ideal clients, like the stuff they would like to hear. Mm-hmm. You probably need some sort of subject matter expert to host it or moderate it, but you can involve yourself into producing. You could be the producer, right? And yep. through that, get exposure to those conversations. And that can be, and we're certainly not the first ones to give you this idea but we just need to add it at the end can certainly give you a ton of insight and interesting things to work with. Well, I would definitely say we, we learned a ton here, right? Ash from the interviews we do occasionally, although we're not necessarily, I wouldn't say we're, that's our ideal clients, but these people in our industry, so, or, or operators from consulting firms. So we we definitely leveled up quite a bit just by having those conversations. And you mm-hmm. kill two birds with one stone, right? You create marketing content and you get the insights. So that's probably the best idea ever. No. In fact, don't do a podcast, right? We don't want this keep to be listen- yeah, competitive. Just keep listening to us. <laughs> yeah, just listen yeah. to ours and there you have it. Yeah. So- nice. That was a... Was that a quick one? No, I think we're... No, it was it was fairly long, but it was useful. It was what, I would, what I would just say uh, last is we did talk about 12 points at the end. And if you would rather read, check the show notes because these 12 yeah. points will be listed out there. It's a veritable blog post almost. Yes. Like it's two pages in my notes. You're right. It was a longer one. Time flew by for me because I was just eager to get through the points. Anyways, mm-hmm. good stuff, Ash. Thank you very much. I will stop the recording here. And, and I, all that's left to say is have a nice Friday and weekend eventually. Yes. Or a good um, start into the week if you listen to this later. Anyways. Yes. Speak soon. Speak soon. Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us. 